Hey Rachel, I just ate chicken noodle soup this time. <laughs> hey, chips would have been okay, okay. <laughs> Cause you never lost a battle Hello. Good afternoon, Pastor Ty. Good to see you on here. What's the song? It is Never Lost a Battle by Elevation Worship. I play this song as much as I do because it encourages me. It does. It encourages me. It pushes me. It keeps me focused. It keeps me grounded. Um, it lets me know continually every day that God will never lose a battle. Whether it's with me, whether it's with them, whether it's with it, God never loses any battles. Amen. And so I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to give you all a few more minutes to um to come on in. I want y'all to like this to your uh, like this to your pages. Um, share this to a group. Um, that you may have that um, you know whatever ministry whatever ministries that you have if it's going to help them in relationships it's going to help them um, if they are married however you feel that it may help them you know just share it I just want to spread the good news of Jesus Christ amen I want everybody to be encouraged I want everybody to know the will of the Lord amen I'm going to send it to my friend when she gets out. Amen. Hey, Khadijah. That's right. God never loses a battle. Amen. And so I want you all to continue to turn in and continue to just um, enjoy these Bible studies. Sometimes we don't have a... Listen, let me say this, and I say this with no judgment. Sometimes some of us who works full-time jobs, 
you may be a full-time mother um, you may be a full-time caregiver and you may not have time to just get into your word and open it up for yourself on some days I get the um, my Bible app and I'll put the um, the the audio on and I let it read to me and so sometimes we may not have a t have time and you know sometimes we just gotta make time and so some of us may we may not be able to make time but when you have a time to hear the Word of God and to and join into some people's Bible studies but even in that you want to make sure that they're following the Word of God you want to make sure that whatever is being spoken whatever is being taught that is coming through the Word of God and just like when I do these teachings with this trust me well trust the God in me amen that I'm studying this before I bring it to you because I want to make sure that it that it actually lines up with the Word of God and if it doesn't then I'll look up a scripture to be able to say okay this is what they're saying but this is what the Word of God is saying amen but whatever but um, whatever whatever area that you need to move in God as long as you are lining up the Word of God you're in a good place because you have to understand that everything in this Bible from Genesis to Revelation it speaks to our life it don't just speak to our life it speaks to our finances it speaks to our children it speaks to um, our, our sexual life it speaks to our depression it speaks to family members it speaks to our children it speaks to people on our jobs it speaks to strangers on the street because the scripture says that you never know when you may entertain an angel unaware that this person or that thing or this place is a part of God's purpose or his plan to get your attention for something for, uh, uh, to get your attention for something so it's always good to read your Bible every day listen um, I said this a few devotions back about God wants your time, your talent, and your your time, your talent, and your tenth. He just he's asking for ten percent. He's asking for ten percent of your time. He's asking for ten percent of your talents, and he's asking ten percent of your tithe. And so if if twenty if we have twenty four hours in a day, what harm is it going to do um, to give God two hours and forty minutes of our time when all he's asking is for time and attention? He's just asking for 10%. So, yes, yeah, some of you may be in devotion for two and three hours. And some people may be in devotion for just two hours and 40 minutes. But in your start out, if it's just 2.5 seconds, if it's just five minutes, if it's just um, 30, 45 minutes, give God time. Give him a part of your day. And in, in it's devotion. Uh, people call it meditation we call it devotion at the end of the day we want to give God what is due just like on Sundays he said let your Sabbath be his day don't put anything in it don't be working don't be washing clothes don't be cooking you don't do anything on God's day and all he's asking is for that day for Sunday to be a day that you worship him and you worship him in spirit and in truth and when you're married Amen. When you're married, then yes, you are to go to the house of God together. You should go to God together. You should be worshiping God together. But even if that's not the case, husband, and even if that's not the case, wife, then you keep going and you keep praying and you keep living the life that God has called you to live. Because again, and I said this before, and I'll, and I'll read it right here in 1 um, Corinthians 
chapter 7 where it says in verse 14 for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving is and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband so you have to understand that you can lead your spouse to the rock you can lead your spouse to the light if you're living according to the word of God but if you're doing what they're doing and you're acting the way that they're acting Y'all are fighting against one another and you're not fighting for one another. Amen. And that's why I thank God for this lesson on today. God's way or no way. Amen. So welcome. So I welcome all of you to Mr. and Mrs. Devotions coupled together. When I do, turns into I don't, the wows or the vows. I'm here to try to teach you what not to do. Amen. From all the bad that I've ever done. God has shown me how I must live it right. Amen. And when I live it right, then I'm learning what not to do. Amen. And so I just thank God for the teaching. I thank God for um, deliverance. I thank God for salvation. I thank God for healing. I thank God for him using me for such a time as this because I want God to get the glory out of my life. And I know that you want God to get the glory out of your life. And we got to be a testimony to somebody who feels like there's no hope. We got to be a testimony to somebody that feels like they just want to throw in a towel. We got to be a testimony to those who feel like they would rather just give up and walk away. And that's not what God intends for us to do. He intends for us to hold on even when trials and tribulations come. He intends for us to hold on even when we're being betrayed, even when we're being hurt. He intends for us to hold on. The Our life experiences is our testimonies to show others how we need to be the example and how they can see the example in our lives to know that when they go through the same thing, they can look back and say, okay, I remember she said something about this right here. So let me go to the word of God because I do believe that she said something in Matthew chapter 4 verse 11 or somewhere down in there. And then you begin to read it and you begin to be encouraged. So sometimes it's about hearing something that you've heard before when you begin to go through and you can just fall back and grab hold of it so that you can move forward. So the word of God is not to hold you back. The word of God is to move you forward. Amen. Amen. So I thank God for the word of God. I thank God that he saved me. I, yes, I don't I don't stay stuck in my past. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me say that. I don't stay stuck in my past concerning my husband and I's marriage. I use my past as a testimony. I use my past as a testimony to let others know I've been there where you are. I've endured some of the things that you're enduring. I've experienced some of those things you're experiencing right now. But let me show you the right and the proper way how to move accordingly to this. Let me show you what you need to do. Or let me show you what you should have done. But through the word of God. Because I can always understand why somebody would want to retaliate. I understand why somebody would want to take matters into their own hands. I understand it because I've lived it. Past tense. Amen. And sometimes even when I find myself being in my head and being in my thoughts, but I'm still able to cast those things down so that it doesn't fester in my heart, so that it doesn't stay in my mind. But I can say, Lord, I thank you for freeing me. Lord, I thank you for keeping me. Lord God, I thank you for covering me. Amen. Because when you are married, it's a hard thing. But you got to understand that your marriage is also 
is, is a is a is a ministry that your marriage is also a work a work that you must do together amen and when you and when you realize that in your marriage as husband and as wife that you're no longer um you're no longer two but you are one you are to walk together in the word in the word of god in the line of god in the grace of god in the mercy of god amen you're no longer two but you are now one when you become husband and wife. Amen. And so I thank God for the teaching of Mr. and Mrs. Um, devotion for couples. And that's why I titled this Mr. and Mrs. Devotions Coupled Together. Because we're learning together. And on yesterday, I talked about I talked about listen and learn. Amen. And, and yes, I, I was um, in a place in this area and I was also in a place for that area but it still lined up with the Word of God I was still able to back it up with scripture and when I give scripture it's for you to have your pencils or your pens it's for you to have your notes and your notebook so that when I speak a scripture listen go back and read it for yourself don't just take my word for it take the Word of God amen amen so yes sometimes I may share my opinion and I'll tell you now, this is my opinion, or this is the way I perceive it, or this is where I think. But according to the word of God, it's not about my emotions. It's not about my feelings. It's not about my, um, um, my opinions. It's not about my advice. It's about the word of God and what he wants out of your life concerning who he is. Amen. So I thank God that today is day seven and it's January the 14th. And our and the, the, um, the devotion for today is God's way or no way. Amen. And as I begin to study this and y'all can see, here's my notes. Y'all won't be thinking that I'm lying and not being truthful, but I study all of this before I come to you, before I bring it to you. Amen. Because I want you to be encouraged. But so let me say this. Um, when I was studying this, what dropped in my spirit was do the right thing. Do the right thing. And I'm going to write that in here um, this time. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. When you do the right thing, you're going to receive the right. I didn't, I'm going to write this in here. Do the right thing. Amen. Do the right thing. And when you do the right thing, you're going to have greater results. You're going to have a better outcome. It's going to be a great deliverance. Amen. When you do the right thing, you, you it's, it's God's way or no way. It's not your way or the highway. And we have always heard you either going to do it my way or take the highway. You either going to do it the way I say do it or get out. You either going to do what I want you to do or get the step or get the stepping. You either going to do what I ask you to do. You're going to either going to obey me or you got to go. And that's not doing the right thing concerning husband and wife. That is not doing the right thing. It's about being submissive. And the scripture that I want to come to you with um, in Ephesians chapter 5. And I pray that y'all will write these scriptures down as I, as I begin um, to give it to y'all. So y'all can always go back and see it for yourself. But in, in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me, let me get there while I say both of you have to do the right thing. 
in Ephesians chapter 5, the 21st verse says this, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves. Amen. One to another. That means husband and wife are to do the right thing. And you're doing it, the, you're doing the right thing when you're doing it God's way. No one else's way. Not your wife's way, not your husband's way, but God's way. And if your husband is righteous, if your wife is righteous, then both of you are going to do it God's way and no other way. It, whether it's um, decision making, whether it's um, uh, choices, whether it's concerning the children, whether it's concerning finances, whether it's concerning jobs. If, if your husband say, I want to walk away from my job because I feel like the Lord is pulling me away, then at that moment, both of you are to be praying and seeking the Lord and asking God if this is truly what we are hearing and what we need to do. Because God, if we are going to do it your way and not our way, then we need you to lead us. We need you to guide us. We need you to show us what we need to do because when you are on one accord and when you are walking in unity it's going to line up it's going to line up and you're going to have a domino effect because when you line up with the word of god and you're lining up to what he wants from out of your marriage concerning you too it's going to be a domino it's just going to fall right in line and even if it is, even if it does become a struggle, even if it does become an issue, even if things, when you do walk in, thank you, Holy Spirit, even when something does, it may shift. It, it may not go according to what you thought, but you, you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You don't walk away. Y'all still come together and you try to manage together and you, you're praying together. You're seeking God together and you're now saying, okay, God, this is where we are. This is what's been presented to us. So, God, now we're going to we're going to trust your will because we believe this is what you said. And because we believe what you said, Lord God, we're going to put the word on it. You said in your word that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. You said in your word that we delight ourselves in you, that you'll give us the desires of our hearts. Sometimes you got to put the word on it because he wants you to seek him first. Amen. So, January 14th, God's way or no way. Luke 21 and 8 says, he replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. So in this particular thing, I want to talk about infidelity. Okay, I want to talk about infidelity concerning this particular passage of scripture, God's way or no way. You're going to have some women and you're going to have some men that's going to want to approach themselves to you because of the struggles you're having in your marriage, because of things that are not going um, in the direction that they need to go into. You're going to be confused. You're going to be, um, um, there's some chaos that's going to happen in your household. And, you know, when your marriage shifts, when, you, when your I do turns into I don't. Amen. What happens when infidelity hits your house? 
what happens when somebody is coming to you and they're saying, this is what the Lord is saying. This is what I believe. I believe that this is not your wife. Well, I believe that this is not your husband. I believe that this person was not meant for you. I believe that this person was not meant for them. What happens? I, it, it just said it. Watch out that you are not deceived. For many come in my name claiming I am he. And the time is near. What happens when people are claiming something that is not true and they're deceiving you? What do you do? What happens? And so Luke chapter 21, I had it and I moved it. Here we go. Luke chapter 21 verse 8 speaks to that. But I want to talk about infidelity because I do believe that the Lord wants me to be in this place right here because our marriages are falling apart because of infidelity. Because people are deciding to just walk away because of what they think they hear because they think it's right and they don't know how to do the right thing they don't know how to realize that it's god's way or no way amen so it says we hear the false teachers around us they promise wealth and prosperity for following jesus now let me stop right there how many times has a brother came up to you women and said I can take care of you. I can give you what he wants. I can give you the world. I can I can allow you to have so much fun that it will totally take your mind off of what this dude right here, he ain't doing nothing for you. But I can give you the world. I can make sure that you in the finer uh wearing the finer uh Gucci, the the finer the finer Prada. I will make sure that you got money in your pocket all day, every day. I'll make sure your hair and your nails is done all day, every day. You won't have to work for nothing. You won't have to want for nothing. I Let me take care of you because this man over here that you're married to, he's not for you. And I hear that God is saying he wasn't your husband in the first place. That it, it's me who God is sending to you to be your husband, to be able to give you what you need. Oh, y'all don't hear me. What happens when these men, they're coming to you, wolves in sheep clothing, and they're making you feeling like that it's prosperity and wealth because you're, you're just, you're, you're not content in where you are because your husband is making uh, uh, $8 an hour and this man over here is making $20, $20 an hour and you feel like, well, maybe this is not what God wants me to do. God doesn't want me to be poor. God doesn't want me working paycheck to paycheck. God doesn't want me scrambling. Maybe God does want me living my best life. Maybe God does want me to be prosperous and wealthy. Maybe this man does not give me what I need. Maybe he's not my husband. Maybe this man is coming to me telling me that this is what God wants. You're being deceived. Hey, Lady Robinson, you're being deceived. So when I begin to study this and it begin to say God's way or no way, we got to do the right thing. Yes, we all want to be rich. Yes, and some of us, we don't want to even be rich. We just want to be well off. We want to just be where if I want to, if I go into the mall and I see a shirt that I like, I just want to, I just want to buy the shirt. I want to pull my card out and say, swipe it, please. 
And there's nothing, there is nothing wrong with that. It's not. There is nothing wrong with wanting the finer things in life. But I said a few days ago, money is the root to all evil. So if you're not getting the money the right way through Jesus, who he's going to be, he's your provider. He's going to be, he's going to provide your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, especially if you're paying your tithes and your offering. Amen. So if you're doing the right thing, your finances will be increased. If you're doing the right thing, your husband may be making $8 an hour um, for uh, this year, 2021. But come in three years, he, be, he may get that, that job that you're wanting him to be in the next three years. He may be that. It, it's going to come. But when you hear the false teachers around us. They promise wealth and prosperity for following Jesus. They ask for money as if we can buy God's favor. They tell us to follow the rules or suffer God's wrath. They threaten us with the risk of losing our salvation. So many marriages are losing their salvation because of these false women. These false men are coming in sheep's clothing. And they're coming as wolves in sheep's clothing. And they're deceiving you. And you know, I teach this. Hello, Khadijah. And I teach this um, in premarital counseling. I, I use this scripture right here. In premarital counseling, I use this scripture right here in Deuteronomy chapter 24. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, um, verse 5. Deuteronomy 24 verse 5 This is one of the scriptures that I use when I do Premarital counseling And it reads When a man hath taken a new wife He shall not go out to war Neither shall he be charged With any business But he shall be free At home one year And shall cheer Up his wife Which he hath taken A new wife so when you take on a new wife, you can't do what you do with this new wife, what you might have done in your ex-wife, because apparently you wouldn't be having an ex-wife if you're trying to do what you did in that ex-wife and bring it over into your new wife, because your new wife may then turn around and be an ex-wife as well. So in as a new wife, you're giving, you're learning what not to do. You're learning from those mistakes that you did in your previous relationship or from your previous marriage. So this time around, if you didn't give time and attention to your ex-wife, now you got to learn how to give your new wife time and attention. If you didn't take care of your ex-wife with previous finances, now you got to take care of your new wife with previous finances, but you got to learn how to do it so that your wife won't go out looking at another man. So that your wife won't go out looking at other wives when they wearing their Prada or they're wearing their Gucci or they're wearing their gold and their diamonds and, and they dress from head to toe. But that new wife, they don't understand what that wife might have had to go through to get it. Or they don't understand that that wife might have her a side husband on the side. So when you become a new wife, y'all two are to learn and grow together in that one year. 
And I always teach when it says to have and to hold from this day forward. Because from this day forward, everything that was in your past needs to stay there just for a moment. Why? So you can focus on your husband. You can focus on your wife. You can realize their likes, their dislikes, what they love, what they don't, how their attitude is, how their behavior is. But you can't be connected to anyone else except for your wife and your husband. That's the key. That's what counseling is all about. To teach you to do the right thing. To let you understand or to make you understand and to grab hold of God's way or no way. Listen, they require supernatural signs to confirm our position in Christ. They deny the holiness of God saying wrong is right and good is bad. Deception can lead us away from the one we love. And when I read that, it took me to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter 21 says woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight 22 woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink and then 23 says this which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him you have to understand that when people do not carefully observe the distinction between right and wrong destruction soon follows it is easy for people to say no one can decide for anyone else what is really right or wrong they may think getting drunk can hurt them extramarital sex isn't really adultery or money doesn't control them but when we make excuses for our actions, we break down the distinction between right and wrong. If we do not take God's word, the Bible, as our standard to set boundaries, soon all moral choices appear fuzzy. Without God, we are headed by a breakdown. We are headed for a breakdown and much suffering and sometimes your marriage is suffering because you're not doing the right thing sometimes your relationship is suffering because you're doing it your way and not God's way and when it's God's way there is no other way there is no other way. You have to understand that the people here, they suffer because they threw out God's law. It is sad to see so many marriages today searching for meaning in life with tossing while aside because of what they want, because of their lust, because of their flesh, because of what they're not content with, because of what they don't have. We can avoid the error 
of Israel and Judah by making reading the Bible a high priority for our lives so that we can recognize what is right is right, what is wrong is wrong, so that both of you can do the right thing. If a husband have to serve her husband outside of God's will, you're wrong. If a husband have to serve his wife outside of God's will, you're wrong. We can't, we can't continue to keep saying, do as I say, not as I do. We can't keep having tick for tat. We can't keep saying, if you do this, I'll do that. You can't keep saying, if you do that, then I will do this. We got to be the honest influencer to do the right thing. I told my oldest son the other day, I said, I don't understand how some of my children are accepting certain things because they believe that is right. And in reality, it's wrong because I just said it. The devotion just said it. They deny the holiness of God saying wrong is right and good is bad. Deception can lead us away from the one we love. And when we love our husband, we love our wife, but because we either love money more, we love sex more, we love lust more, and we allow our flesh to cause us to go and move into infidelity. And this is why I chose infidelity, because I've been in this place. Yes. I have been in this place. My husband has been in this place. But listen to this. Be alert. Watching who holds influence over your life. Reject those claiming inspiration apart from the word. Turn away from anyone denying Jesus as the son of God. Turn away from anyone denying right. Turn away from anyone who is denying you <laughs> as a husband or a wife. Turn away from anyone that is denying the word of God. Turn away from anyone that is denying the Holy Ghost. John 14 and 6. Jesus is. The way and the truth and the life. Ignore those who promise salvation apart from believing in Christ. Ignore those who can who want to promise you the world when you're married. Ignore those when they're telling you that's not your wife. I'm your wife. And you're and they're married. Deny those and reject those ignore those that is coming to you to tell you to walk away from your spouse because they believe They're your spouse. That's the trick of the enemy. That is the devil Pray today for wisdom to know who to follow Study the scriptures so you know what's true worship in a church 
that holds the Bible as God's inerrant word. Trust God to give you all you need to follow him without stumbling. Jesus said, if you will hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8, 31 and 32. Listen, Luke chapter 21, starting at the first verse. And in this particular passage of scripture from verses one through four, this is talking about a poor widow gives all she has. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And Jesus said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she has. When you are doing it God's way, you're going to give everything you have unto the Lord. This woman had two pennies. And Jesus told them, she gave more than anybody. Why? Because she gave out of, a, out of a humble heart. She gave with a humility spirit. Jesus was in the area of the temple called the courts of the woman, the women. And the treasury was located there or in an adjoining walkway. In this area were seven boxes in which worshipers could deposit their temple tax and six boxes for free will offerings like the one this woman gave. Not only was she poor, as a widow, she had few resources for making money. Her small gift was a sacrifice, but she gave it willingly. And I know this is talking about her, her the two pennies that she gave. But when you are married, you are to give to your wife, you are to give to your husband more than enough. But you give it to God first. Period. The widow gave all that she had. And stark contrast to the way most of us handle our money. When we consider giving a certain percentage of our income a great accomplishment. We resemble those who gave of their abundance. Here, Jesus is admiring generous and sacrificial giving. As believers, we should consider increasing our giving, whether of money, whether of time, or whether our talents, to a point beyond convenience or safety. So, just because you may feel like, and now I'm going to talk about the shift. Just because you may feel like your husband don't give you any money. You don't do tick for tack. You give it over to the Lord and you keep praying. The Bible says that when we give in secret, he rewards us openly. And sometimes when, oh Lord have mercy, 
there was a seasoned saint, and I, I realize she's a saint now. But when I was, when I was, uh, I think I had just had, um, I think I had just had Ashley, and Mike was very stingy. Their dad, Lord have mercy, very stingy. Hated to give up anything, literally. I mean, it was so hard trying to get money from him. And I never forget a woman said to me, her name was um, Pastor Mary. Actually, yep, yeah, Pastor Mary. She she lived in Kansas City, Missouri. I, I never forget it. So actually, it wasn't it wasn't Ashley. It was Mikey. I was pregnant. I, I had Mikey was two years old. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this thing back to my remembrance. And, and we didn't have much. We, we didn't. We didn't have much. But her name was Pastor Mary. And she saw how Mike was treating me when it came to finances. And, it, and here's the thing. And it's not that. It's not that he was. He didn't want. He, he took. Here's. It's weird. He took care of me. He took care of me and the kids. But he wouldn't give me no money. He would not give me any money. He took care of the bills. He bought groceries. He did these things, but he wouldn't give me any money. But there's a root to that. And so I don't even have time. I, don't, but I lost some money. And so at that moment, he just would not let that go. But she saw how he was treating me. And she said to me, listen, anytime that he gives you money, I don't care if it's $5. I don't care if it's $10. She said, I want you to put it away. He said, she told me, she said, it's called mad money these old ladies call it mad money she said my husband used to be a gambler she said my husband would go out get his paycheck and he would gamble it all away and he would come home and i would have to scramble up and make ends meet and 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 bring this stuff together and she said a good friend of my mother's told me the same thing i'm telling you she said when he's drunk and he comes home, it's okay. Take the money that he gives you. Start saving it. Now, mind you, we call it stealing. But when she told, when this woman told her to take some extra money out of his wallet and start putting it away, start putting it away. He was an alcoholic and he was a gambler. So to him, it's not even as if he would even remember anybody taking money from him. He would think that he gambled all of his money away. Amen. And some of you are saying, well, that's, de that's deception. That's deceiving. And it is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And it is. But this is what she told me. What you do is when you get your paycheck, you put money off to the side. When he gives you money, spend a little, save a lot, put it off to the side. So when my husband, during last year, he talked during the pandemic, and it was handing out stimulus checks, and he began to say, and I heard him say that, save much, spend a little, save much, and it brought back a memory, and literally, I've had, it, it was like God was just beginning to speak, and I thought, oh my gosh, and it's not that my husband can't handle money. And it's not now that I can't handle money. But you'll never know when you find yourself in a place or in a position and you need something and you're, you're living from paycheck to paycheck. 
You're scrounging around. You're trying to make ends meet when God is your provider. But when you're paying your tithes and your offerings and you're giving it to the Lord, the Lord will continue to provide. And yes, for some, there are some people that, you know, they, they, they do. They, but see, what about those who don't have, what about those who are not um, privileged as you? What about those who, who don't have that strong husband or that strong wife? What if you have those that are struggling for their husband or their wife to, to help them financially? And also because of infidelity, what I talked about earlier. Because a man that's cheating on his wife or a woman that's cheating on their, on their husband, they're, they're taking care of honey. They're taking care of that brother. They're taking care of that sister. Trust me. I know this from experience. This is something that I've just not, I, I don't, I've, I've heard, I know. I know. And they get so excited about it. And they think it's a great thing. And that's why the devotion just said. They think that wrong is right and good is bad. And in Isaiah chapter 5, 20 through 24 says to us, woe unto them people who do that. Be aware of those people who does that. But when you're in that marriage or you're in that relationship and that is what they're doing, you got to learn how to use wisdom and trust God and be aware so that it's not deceptive. It's not bringing, it's not being deceitful, but you're merely trying to, to make ends meet for your children. Making sure your KUB is paid. Making sure your bills are paid. Making sure there's gas in the car. Because you may be married to somebody who doesn't want to give up money. But the poor lady gave all that she had. And, the, and Jesus said that she's blessed beyond measure. Because she gave willingly. Amen. Verse 5 says, and as some speck of the temple, how is it? was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said. And Jesus says, as for these things which ye behold, the days will come, in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. Verse 7, and they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And Jesus said in verse 8, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions. Be not terrified. For these things must come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Jesus continued to say. Nation shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. And famines. And pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And 13 says, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Regardless of what happens. You still got to do the right thing because it shall turn to you for a testimony. Verse 14 says, 
Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries, adversaries, sorry, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Jesus went on to say, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not a hair on your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the dissolution thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance. That all things which are written may be fulfilled. But 23 says, but woe. Hello, amen, Sister Venencia. But 23 says, but woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trotted down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled and what you have to understand that this goes on to say as I said earlier in John 8 31 32 if you hold his teachings you are freely and really his disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free husbands wives you must know the truth. Good afternoon, Pastor Wooten. You must know the truth for yourself. Listen. These persecutions soon began. Luke recorded many of them in the book of Acts. Paul wrote from prison that he anticipated suffering because it helped him to know Christ better and do Christ's work for the church. The early church thrived despite intense persecution. In fact, late in the second century, the church father, what is that? Tertullian wrote, the blood of Christians is seed because opposition helps spread the news of Christianity. Jesus warned that in the coming persecutions, his followers would be betrayed by their family members and friends. Christians of every age have had to face this possibility. It is reassuring to know that even when we feel completely abandoned, the Holy Spirit stays with us. The Holy Spirit will comfort us, protect us, and give us the words we need. This assurance 
can give us the courage and hope to stand firm for Christ, no matter how difficult the situation. Jesus was not saying believers would be exempt from harm or death during the persecutions. Remember that most of the disciples were martyred. Rather, he was saying that none of his followers would suffer spiritual or eternal loss, but everyone will die on earth, but believers in Jesus will be saved for eternal life. And so you have to understand that the times of the Gentiles began with Babylon's destruction of Jerusalem, the exile of the Jewish people. Israel was no longer an independent nation, but was under the country, I'm sorry, under the control of Gentile rulers. In Jesus' day, Israel was governed by the Roman Empire and a Roman general would destroy the city. Jesus was saying that the, that the denomination of God's people by his enemies would continue until God decided to end it. The times of the Gentiles referred not just to the repeated destructions of Jerusalem, but also to the continued and mourning persecution of God's people until the end. And that's why it is so, so important that if you are married, then you and your wife, you and your husband, you have to be one and you have to line up with the word of God. It has to be about God's way in no other way. Nobody, and that's why I started out with infidelity. Because nobody should be able to come in to uproot your house. Infidelity means adultery, cheating, division, discord, wrath, chaos, confusion, drama, unrighteousness, ungodliness witchcraft disobedience there's a lot that's connected to infidelity and god uses so much in his bible and in the word when he always said that judah is committing for uh, is committing adultery with other other nations that my people are committing adultery with other nations they're following unbelievers they're following idols and we should never allow somebody to come in and uproot what God has joined together. That God has brought together. It doesn't matter if we make the decision and marry the unbeliever. God still ordains marriages. And even if you marry somebody that's an unbeliever, you still can't just walk away. You made that decision. So now it's got to be God's way and no other way. Because Jesus replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. Don't allow people to bring infidelity into your home. 
Don't allow people to bring infidelity to separate you. Don't allow people to bring infidelity to deceive you. And they're using Jesus Christ's name to get you confused. You got to know the word of God for yourself. You have to know the word of God for yourself. And in order to do that, I said it earlier, when you get married, at least for one year, it's got to be nobody but you and your spouse learning one another, getting to know one another, bonding together, keeping stuff out of your marriage, keeping people out of your marriage. That's why God, uh, God told the husband to leave, to detach himself from his parents and attach himself to his wife so that if he does get depressed, he knows he can, he knows that his wife is going to pray for him. If he does, is he having a bad day? His wife can comfort him. If he needs to vent, his, he can talk to his wife. Because they need to bond that relationship together. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. So when I do, turns into I don't, the wows of the vows. I want to thank you all for sharing this to your pages. I want to thank you all uh, that you're, 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 you're following me as I follow Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you all for just taking the time out of your day to just listen. Amen. I just want to thank you for those who, or who support, even if it is just for a moment. I just want to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage those who are going through. I just want to... I just want to, to teach you about deliverance and what you need to be delivered from so that you can be set free and healed. But I also want to let you know that you got to get it for yourself. I can teach this to you all day long, but unless you receive it, you're not going to apply it. And if you're not going to apply it, you're going to stay stuck. You're going to stay confused. You're going to stay bothered. You're going to stay hurt. You're going to stay in your feelings. You're going to continue to move in your emotions. You must want deliverance for yourself. You need deliverance for yourself. And it has to be made about God. Amen. So if it's God's will, I'll see you all on here on tomorrow. The, the prayer is, Lord, guard our hearts and our minds from deception Keep us faithful and keep us true. Amen. God bless you. Know that I love you, but God loves you more. If it's God's will, I will see you all on tomorrow at 12 noon. Amen. God bless you. Know that I love you, but God loves you more.